0: Well, thank you everybody for joining us here today to talk about this very important issue of uh, short-term rental housing uh, bills in before the Michigan State Legislature and potential compromises on the way. I'm Dan Gilmartin. I'm the CEO and Executive Director of the Michigan Municipal League and I'm joined today by uh, some guests you'll be hearing from a little bit later on. First is Mark Washington, the Grand Rapids City Manager and member of the Board of Trustees of the MML. Bridget Smith is the Frankenmuth City Manager. Derek Lemanski is a short-term rental owner in the city of Frankenmuth, and Jen Hill is the Marquette Mayor Pro Tem. We'll get a chance to hear from those folks here in just a minute. Um, with us today, we've got these three individuals. These individuals will be speaking about their communities, and they're all from different places. They all have short-term rental regulations that were created to best meet the needs of the local residents in their communities. If the current bills pass, all this work and reasonable regulation would be tossed out and the floodgates to short-term rentals would open. It would be like adding lighter fluid to an already blazing hot housing market, making the demand for attainable housing even more dire here in the state of Michigan. Short-term rentals have been a hot topic across the state. Their growth in popularity has provided a boost in vacation op- options for visitors. At the same time, their explosion has brought some negative consequences reduction of of available housing, increased noise and nuisance complaints, and unequal competition with traditional hotels, just to name a few. Some communities have adopted carefully crafted policies designed to balance the needs of the long-term residents with those of vacationers and short-term rentals in their communities. As you're aware, Michigan lawmakers are currently debating legislation. Senate Bill 446, and House Bill 4722 that would usurp these local regulations. If these bills passed, short-term rentals will be allowed anywhere and everywhere without any limitations in the state of Michigan. Any legislator with their name on these bills or considering voting for them needs to be able to answer these very important questions. Are you concerned about the skyrocketing cost of home purchasing in your community? What's the wisdom in reducing housing supply for Michigan residents who live in our communities year round and pay taxes year round during the worst attainable housing crisis our state has seen? What percentage of a neighborhood's housing stock should be short-term rentals? 50%, 75%, 100%? And what provisions in this bill keep a neighborhood from becoming 100% short-term rentals. Lawmakers should be clear on the fact that passing these bills would make our neighborhoods open season for commercial operators looking for a growth market in residential homes turned into hotels. How do these bills protect regular people from having to compete with deep-pocketed commercial buyers from out of town? You'll hear from our speakers today why this is bad policy for Michigan. I also wanna make clear that the MML and its members believe short-term rentals have a place in Michigan communities. They shouldn't be banned. And we advise all of our communities to adopt ordinances that permit thoughtful rental strategies. Instead of bills that allow a cancerous growth of short-term rentals, a reasonable compromise should be struck that acknowledges personal property rights of both the long-term resident and the short-term rental owner and also the difference between residential property used primarily for commercial activity and residents who decide to rent out their property from time to time. At least one alternative bill has been introduced, House Bill 4985 sponsored by Representative De Moose. We're encouraged, we are also encouraged in other, in other compromises still being developed. These alternative approaches need a fair review and consideration before any answer before any action is taken. Our message to lawmakers today, slow down, answer these tough questions and make sure we get this right. I now would like to uh, ask that uh, Mark Washington, the city manager from the city of Grand Rapids, uh, come on and unmute his phone. And for a few comments that he'll have from the city of Grand Rapids.
1: Good morning, and thank, thank you, Dan, for your leadership and, and that of the Michigan Municipal League. We are very appreciative of um, light being shed on the concerns from several cities across the state. And I want to thank you again for uh, those of you from the media being part of uh, this conversation today. Uh, As you may be aware, the city of Grand Rapids does allow short-term rentals, but we are very uh, intentional about using our current zoning enabling uh, laws to regulate short-term rentals. Because we think that it's important to consider other factors like parking and traffic noise and, and other nuisance that would allow us to protect the health and safety of our community. It's important uh, that short-term rentals be regulated with local control based on how each community in each city and township and village uh, is responsive to its own residents. Uh, we do not allow the entire use of homes as part of short-term rentals because that is that was the preference of our local constituency when de- developing the uh, zoning laws. So local zoning decisions are created with the abundance of community input that allows us to do what's best for our community and residents and neighbors to uh, hear their voice and opinions and maintain the kind of quality of life that they want to have when living in Grand Rapids. So unfortunately the house bills that, are, uh, that were being considered House Bill 4722 and the Senate Bill 446 Uh, does not consider local voice and local uh, preferences, and the decisions are being made with an across-the-board approach that's not good for each local community. And we want to be able to uh, have our own residents and businesses determine their own needs when it comes to uh, short-term rental. Uh, These bills ignore the reality of how short-term rentals operate. Many of them are not home-sharing like the preferences in our community, but it is actually renting the entire home for extra income for a few short periods of time while the homeowners are away. Uh, Short-term rentals operate as commercial enterprises, and it, and it, it basically takes over the character of a neighborhood. And not only have we seen that attempt in Grand Rapids, but also in other cities that I've uh, had the privilege of working for and my most recent city that I came from in Austin, Texas, where we had tremendous amount of nuisance complaints and neighborhood complaints about noise and traffic that was destroying the character and and vibrancy of the neighborhood because of irresponsible owners. So again, the current bills that are being promoted um, strip away our ability to address these kind of complaints and zoning laws. I did check with um, and visiting with staff, even our own co compliance, we have seen um, upticks in some of our community in terms of the type of complaints that are derived from short term rentals. Uh, It's not unreasonable uh, to expect that people have the ability to acquire additional income by the use of their property. And we think we have responsibly done that by enabling it to occur, but within the context of our zoning regulations to ensure that our quality of life for all of our residents will be protected. Uh, We urge all lawmakers to reject any legislation that ignores the work local communities have done to set fair and local regulations to uplift their local needs. What works in GR may not work in other communities across the state and what works in other communities may not work in our, our uh, in Grand Rapids. And so that's why we think that there should be local control around this issue instead of a far uh, broad reaching um, statewide short-term rental law that does not recognize the unique needs of every community. So with that, Dan, I'll turn it back uh, over to you.
0: Thank you, Mark. It's important not just to have your experience in Grand Rapids, but coming from a city like uh, Austin, Texas that has experienced this uh, previously and seeing some of the problems they've got there and some of the things we need to be able to avoid here in Michigan.
1: Uh, One other item, I'm sorry, go ahead. I apologize. There's one more point I forgot to make. (laughs) Go for it. Yeah, and and I neglected to say that and I I apologize, but um, the more, our greatest need uh, in this community right now is not for short-term rentals. Our, our greatest need, as you alluded to earlier, is housing. And we've quantified our housing shortfall. And we need over 9,000 uh, housing units uh, over the next uh, four years. And so um, we have plenty of plenty of hotels, and, and as I mentioned earlier, we have places where uh, people can experience short-term rentals if they don't want to stay in the hotels. But, but in order for us to maintain a kind of quality of life we need in Grand Rapids, we need additional housing supply. And I don't want uh, this legislation unintendedly uh, to create um, a, a further gap, a further erosion of our housing supply uh, when those owners of a property that would have short-term rentals would basically be utilizing that property uh, for the, for for the most part, it would be people who would be outside of our community that would be taking advantage of uh, what would be der- deroding our housing supply. So I just wanted that.
0: add. Yeah, that's a great point. Again, this, this one size fits all means that none of that stuff uh, can be taken into consideration uh, at the state level like it would be around the, the tables locally where residents have a, a voice in what's going on in their particular neighborhoods and again we think that's why this this single approach uh, that's so permissive uh, makes no sense for anybody here in the state of Michigan. So thanks Mark and we may have questions for you later but now I'd like to call on uh, Bridget Smith the city manager from the city of Frankenmuth who's going to talk to us about what's going on in that particular community. Bridget the floor is yours.
2: Thank you, Dan. Good morning. I'm the the city manager for the city of Frankenmuth. And while everyone knows Frankenmuth is famous for chicken and Christmas, what makes Frankenmuth special is its residents. Many people don't realize that while each year our town literally welcomes millions of guests, we are a community of about 5,000 people. We work very hard to keep our neighborhoods strong That's why for our city, regulations regarding the location and intensity of short-term rentals is important. I like to think of zoning like a recipe and every place has its own recipe. That's what makes communities different. For Frankenmuth in the 1980s, our recipe included dozens and dozens of bed and breakfasts. As things changed over time, our recipe changed too. Now we have a mix of short term rentals, traditional hotels, a hotel with a water park that has a retractable roof, and still a handful of bed and breakfasts. We most recently amended our ordinance in 2019, and we partnered with our short term rental property owners, hotels, and our residents to develop an ordinance that worked for everybody. I think this is really how regulation is supposed to work. It protects personal property rights and still respects neighboring properties. As we've discussed these uh, pending bills at our city council and planning commission, what's most disheartening is that the short-term rental bills on the floor ignore all this careful collaborative work that we've done. It ignores what we have put a priority on locally. And to be honest, the people I work for don't want their neighbors to change every three days. In another community with a different zoning recipe, it might be right to have a different approach. I think there are some reasonable ways um, and alternatives available to legislators to ensure that communities can't outright ban short-term rentals, but still give that discretion to a local community to allow them to, to figure out what their right mix is. One recipe for the entire state would taste horrible.
0: To bring it back to the chicken and recipe thing, there at the end, I like <laughs> how you did that. Uh, thank you very much, Bridget. Uh, before I call on Derek Lemansky, uh who's who's an owner of one of these properties, uh, to talk about how good ordinances and good public policy are working right now, I want to say this about somewhat of a scare tactic coming out from the other side, and that is that cities and and townships and and villages across the state are banning, outright banning short-term rentals. Uh, We have 533 cities and villages, municipalities here in the state of Michigan. We have not found a single community that has done that. Uh, There are over 1200 townships and we have one instance of a community uh, that has actually gone out there and tried to ban them outright. Uh, and I can tell you that, that neither the Michigan Municipal League or the Michigan Township Association is advocating to its members and educating them that they should be banning these outright. Instead, we're, we're telling folks and we're educating them, and our message is very clear that we need to have thoughtful uh, local ordinances that take into consideration all of the unique aspects uh, of a particular community, and that's what we're talking about here today. So on that, I would like to turn it over to Derek Lemanski, also from uh, the fine community of Frankie. Let's we'll see what kind of uh, and recipes he can weave into his public comments and uh, better be good, no no, no, uh, no pressure, Derek.
3: Uh, Bridget's a lot better cooked than I am. Let's get that out there right now. So I'm gonna, I'll avoid the recipes. We'll let her stay with that. Um, thanks for having me on, Dan. Um, my wife and I, we operate a short-term rental property in Frankmooth files Place of Frankmooth And as someone, we both followed the rules and worked with the city from the beginning to do things the right way. Um, before we even bought our property with the idea of doing this, we reached out to the city. Is this something we can do? Um, et cetera. So I'm also asking lawmakers not to erase the short-term rental laws in our community. and I think it's important to know we live here. you know we're not we don't just rent here. We actually own our home here as well. So we live in this community. We comply with all the local tax collection requirements. We've ensured that our guests know the local rules in place for noise. We've kept our properties up to a tee and by doing these things, we feel like we're protecting the historic nature of our community. For the legislature to then erase our local laws that would invite owners to buy up properties in individual neighborhoods for this reason or for this purpose. And it would undo the balance we have created between our residents and our tourists. So any law adopted on a statewide basis for short-term rentals should protect that balance and not skew in favor of either side. Um, I'd ask that lawmakers vote this down and seek alternatives that achieve that compromise.
0: Thank you, Derek. We appreciate your, your remarks and I, th- I think they're spot on. Um, you know, as I said earlier, uh, we there's 533 cities and villages in the state and over 1,200 townships. So uh, we at the league represent our largest communities like Detroit and Grand Rapids, where Mark is from, uh, down to uh, uh, small communities and to communities like Frankenmuth that has a, a thriving uh, uh, visitor business. Uh, now we'd like to go north of the bridge and go all the way up to Marquette. And, and again, we're talking about how... This will impact individual communities if we have this one size fits all approach, because the communities on this phone are very, uh, very diverse in terms of uh, what's going on in their communities, uh, the housing markets in their communities, the rental properties in their communities. And that's why we've got to be able to preserve some of this conversation and preserve the the um, the ability to make some of these uh, decisions locally. Uh, Jen Hill is the mayor pro tem of the city of Marquette. And I'd like to turn the phone or the floor over to Jen here to give a couple comments about why this is important up to communities like Marquette and communities up in the UP. So Jen it's the floor is yours.
4: Thank you very much Dan and thank you the MML and thank you to the other communities who are sharing the floor today about this uh, these concerns. The uh, city of Marquette actually started working on short-term rental policy in January 2017. We took months at the Planning Commission and City Commission level to develop a policy that makes sense for our community. I'm here today because housing is our number one issue today in Marquette. I'm seeing posts on our community pages of folks who have gotten jobs here in Marquette are coming here to go to school and they are not able to find housing. And I personally, just last week, received for the first time a letter offering to buy my house for cash no appraisal, no one seeing the house, and buying it as it's. And to, to do all of this in as quickly as 24 hours. We need to slow down and think about how to balance housing, tourism, and community. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in the UP. It's in the mid 60s, it's a sunny day. We absolutely welcome our tourists and love to share uh, the best part of Michigan with all of you. Uh, And yet um, we do need to take the time to think about what works for our community so that we can have that balance. Our ordinance has been praised for its block by block approach that protects neighborhoods and year-round residents while welcoming visitors to experience these neighborhoods as an option in addition to our our traditional lodging options. And then, after having that policy for a year, we went back and revisited that policy in 2018, and we in fact expanded it so that uh, owners of a property that was had multiple uh, units in it, a duplex or a triplex, could in fact rent all of those as short-term rentals and not just one. So again, we've had taken a thoughtful approach. And then in 2020, we uh, actually instituted an ad hoc housing committee in order to think about the multiple housing crisis situations that we're in right now, where we don't like Grand Rapids don't ha- we need more permanent housing. And they met through Covid. We continued to get uh, input uh, over Zoom. So we have had years worth of thoughtful conversation about housing issues in Marquette that reports just being released this month. So we do want, we have taken our time and thought about these issues carefully for a period of years here in Marquette, and we're not the only community in the UP that has uh, short-term rental uh, policies, other communities do as well. We're all taking a thoughtful approach, and we encourage the legislature to do the same. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jen, and thank you panelists. And now we can uh, open it up to questions here. If you have questions, you can put them in the chat box or you can simply unmute yourself or just identify who you are and where you're from and, and ask a question to anyone on our panel. Uh, before I'll do that, before I open that up, I just like to reiterate that our, our goal here is to um, implore the legislature not to adapt a one size fits all approach to housing here in Michigan. It doesn't make sense for rental housing. Um, it doesn't make sense because you can't possibly know all the issues going on um, from one end of the community to the next. Uh, we don't want uh, the state government to override the interests of local residents uh, with a big government approach coming down from on high in Lansing. Uh, these are issues that need to be taken into consideration at the local level. Um, so with that, I would open it up for questions. Again, you can put something in the chat. Matt Bach is here. He's going to help me uh whisk through all the information on the chat here and and matt feels free to punch through with a question if you've got it yes yes we do dan Uh, hopefully you
5: can hear me okay question from the center square is a reporter there if housing shortages shortages are so bad in these cities why not make it easier for
0: developers to build more houses um i I think we've got three folks on the phone here that love to see developers build more houses in their communities and are doing everything possible to make it uh, uh, available for people to build a good quality affordable housing in their communities. So I'll, I'll probably ask one of the local officials to uh, to speak to that question because I know it's something you guys deal with every day. I don't I don't think it's a I don't think the rental this bill has anything to do with making uh, housing more affordable for folks but go ahead.
1: Dan I, I'll start I of course we want to see uh, the housing supply increase I alluded to that earlier in my comments and we use a variety of housing tools to incentivize that from low income tax credits to uh, tax incentive uh, financing for developers to brownfields and we want to see housing done we, we revitalize our zoning to incentivize more sc- small-scale development. We've uh, looked at what we can do within the city, increase density bonuses, particularly downtown. We wanna double our downtown residency. We have about 5,000 people staying downtown. We wanna double that to about 10,000. We've looked at uh, public-private partnerships. Uh, We're creating a local housing fund. Uh, Part of that we're trying to use some of our ARPA funds to do that, to incentivize uh, how can we create uh, affordability at all levels for permanent housing, as well as looking what we can do for supportive housing for homelessness. And so um, we, are, we are looking to partner with anyone who wants to develop a uh, permanent housing here uh, in the city of Grand Rapids. We even change our local zoning ordinance a, a, around retail uh, storefronts and on the first floor, ground floor level here in the downtown area to make sure that uh, you don't have to just have commercial retail on the first floor now that we're, we're gonna look, Allow uh, residential in our city center. So we, we've done a lot to do to incentivize more housing development.
0: And I think you'll see that echoed across the state. And I, and I would just say this uh, there is no country anywhere in the world that I know of uh, that is use, utilizing an Airbnb style approach to making housing more affordable for people in their community. It's just, it's not any way, shape, or form uh, an approach that would be. Uh, that would be good on a on a on a community wide basis to provide for more housing. When you're going to have out of town owners and commissions coming off the top for people running those and advertisement and everything else, it's just that's just uh, an apples and oranges situation, and it will not it will not help us here with affordable housing in Michigan. Matt, what's our next one?
5: Yeah, so the next question is from Dave Bondi at W E Y I who Dave did an excellent article last week on this topic. So his question is: uh, so in essence, if this passes. And I'm assuming we're talking about uh, 4722 or SB 446. Um, could every home in a neighborhood be turned into a short-term rental if these two pieces of legislation, as currently are passed? Yes. Dan's short word answer is yes. That is true.
0: <laughs> the next question. Um, and then my, and I, I got another one-word answer. Uh, Mike Malott has asked. Uh, actually are we aware of any municipalities in Michigan that have banned short-term rentals the answer to that is no so
5: yeah municipalities
0: again you said at the start uh there might be one township we know one township out there uh but none of the municipalities have and and again we don't see that prevalent that's not something we're asking folks to do or we think is the right the right situation I think the locals on this phone um think that's that's the wrong approach too and they're they're working with their communities to make sure it's moving in that direction.
5: Um, another question here is, uh, is your preference for HB 4985, which is the new one that came out last week, uh, or for the legislature to do nothing, what's been the effect on court decisions uh, on some of these ordinances so far? That might be a question for our, for our um, legislative advocate, Jen, Jennifer Bicktrinker, is also on the call.
0: Yeah, we've we've got Jennifer Richterick on here has been our lead staff person on it. Um, Obviously, I'll answer it this way. Uh, We don't think we think this is a solution looking for a question. Uh, We don't have communities banning these outright, as we talked about. Um, There are uh, good rental property uh, programs going on in communities right now. Uh, so in some ways, the legislature doesn't need to act, but we certainly think some of the compromise bills, whether it's what was introduced this past week, or whether it's issues that are still being worked on right now, are a much better way to move forward than 4722 or 4466. 66 uh, Jen, you may have specifics you want to add to on that, or you may not. Uh, please uh, unmute yourself if you do, and, and let us know your points. I don't know if Jen is over there. She, she is. Is.
6: Can you hear me now? Yes. I'm having some technical issues. OK, um, Matt, can you repeat the question for me, please? Sure,
5: uh, I scroll back up to it. Um, the question was, uh, is your preference for HB 4985 or for the legislature to do nothing? That's the first uh, of the our, question.
6: Yeah, yeah. Our, our preference is absolutely not is to find a compromise. Um, we are trying to deal with this issue. We've been um, talking about it, uh, fighting about it, um, trying to compromise on it um, for about four years now. And uh, I believe that local government, in responding to some of the issues we've heard from the other side about locals prohibiting or banning it, you've already heard from um, the league and Dan, as well as our, our communities are on today. No one thinks we should be banning short-term rentals, so let's clarify that in the law. Um, Section 207 of the Michigan Zoning Enabling Act already talks about not being able to prohibit legitimate land uses, so we believe the the Zoning Enabling Act already covers this, but let's clarify it, and then let's uh, give the opportunity for everybody to do it, But also allow locals to be able to regulate and protect the integrity of their neighborhoods when they need to. Many municipalities aren't even regulating short-term rentals, so we absolutely want to find a compromise on this. We're not just trying to kill um, the issue at hand. The current bills, yes, we would like those um, to not move forward and let's work on something that works for both sides.
5: Okay, Jay, we got a couple more questions, probably for you, but our panelists can jump in as well. Uh, Lindsay Moore from MLive, who also wrote a recent article on this topic. Uh, she said both the House and Senate added substitutes to HB 4722 and SB 44.6 to narrow the bills to only strip stopping the cities from banning short term rentals, not touching zoning regulations. Um, can you explain on why that was not seen as a solution or what remain, what concerns remain?
6: So the subs, um, the S-1 and H-1 that passed out of um, the respective committees before these bills went to the floor um, absolutely are still uh, banning locals being able to regulate through zoning. It states that a short-term rental that they're defining as any lease less than 30 consecutive days cannot be um held to any procedure different than the other dwellings in a residential neighborhood Um, you can't use a special use a conditional use and you cannot uh, make the uh, differentiate between a residential property where someone lives and resides and a residential property that's been bought for an investment purpose to run a vacation rental business which is a commercial activity In a residential neighborhood and so those substitutes absolutely do not allow locals to regulate and saying that the only thing locals can do is look to their nuisance ordinances, the whole point of zoning is to prevent nuisances from happening is to buffer. um, Land uses that could possibly create an issue um, on a neighboring property and so to allow communities to only deal with issues after the fact. Is, is laughable. I mean, locals are using zoning to prevent nuisances. And so saying that we're gonna let nuisances happen and then we'll let people issue a noise violation. Well, there's somebody new in that property every few days. So that doesn't actually stop the nuisance from happening. Thank so I you, agree with the, that, that statement that um, the subs did anything um, to allow locals to regulate.
5: So, so it sounds like maybe the uh, the reporter maybe was given some misleading information a little bit on, on that point as far as what the substitutes do. Related to that, Jen, there's another question that's kind of along the same lines, but I think it's important. It says proponents of the current bills argue that the bills won't take away local control, but instead just prohibit local units from banning yeah. short-term rentals. What is the response a- to that premise? And is that fair assessment? And again, it's the same kind of
6: That is not a fair assessment. That's a a false narrative. And those sponsors need to be pressed um, if they don't know what their actual bills do that they have introduced and put their names on.
5: Yeah.
0: Did you want to add something on that point, Dan? No, I think Jen did it. It's a false narrative, uh, period, plain and simple. And... uh,
5: Another question here is, do you think if it passes without compromises, lodging industries will have to more closely compete, perhaps by dropping rates or other incentives? That might be a good question for Bridget or Derek.
2: So at least from the city of Frankenmuth perspective, uh, we have a couple of hotel owners who actually also uh, operate a short-term rental. So I think short-term rentals offer uh, an opportunity to guests for a a different kind of experience, but I don't see them as as really wholesale displacing um, the type of service you get when you go to a a hotel. Uh, And I'll also add that in Frankenmuth, those hoteliers were also sitting around uh, the table with us when we crafted the ordinance and It was actually at their suggestion that we increased our number of permits because they thought um, offering short-term rentals was a great way to maintain the face of our community. So many of these rentals are on um, the city's main street. And so having them become short-term rentals meant they had better upkeep, better appearance, they were decorated for the holidays and all of that Uh, the hoteliers and the Convention and Visitors Bureau thought was beneficial.
5: Okay, thank you. Well, one other, go ahead, Jen. I
6: I would just add to that that the Michigan Lodging and Restaurant Association, or excuse me, the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association um, is public in opposing these bills. And um, anyone that would like further information should reach out to Justin Winslow for their statement from the lodging industry.
5: All right, Dan, we had another question, um, and that is, uh, do you think the short-term rentals pose any security risks? That might be for one of our
0: community leaders. Um, I know there are well, some- can, relations- let, let me jump in first on that, Matt, sure. because I think this is something, and, and absolutely I'll love to hear from a community leader when we're done, but I think this is something that's been under-considered by the legislature, hasn't been talked about in the media much, um, but- you know, again, the proponents of this bill say, okay, you've got a three bedroom home and your kids are grown and moved. And maybe you want to run out your back room and make a couple extra bucks. And, and that's sort of the vision of the world. But when we talk about commercializing these places and people coming into communities and buying up um, large swaths of, of homes. You can be moving people back and forth. And as long as they're under 29 days, we don't know who's in there. Uh, we don't know what they're doing, um, and we have no capacity to in any way, shape, or form, based upon the way the bi- these bills were pr- originally written, um, to, uh, to regulate these places. So uh, whether it's a home next to a school, who's in there? Um, we have all kinds of laws in terms of who can be where and when they can be there, um, but this legislation would basically wipe all that stuff clean. So we don't know who would be in. We'd have no way of tracking it. Uh, we'd not be able to regulate it in any particular way. And absolutely, there are some security risks in this. Again, not from the guy trying to run out his back room necessarily, but from people coming in on a commercial basis and looking to move people around in a commercial way, which is always going to be sort of an aggregate way that we're looking at doing this. So we have grave concerns about that from, uh, uh, from security purposes. But I, I would add, or I would ask any of our local officials to, to speak to how that might look in their community
4: yeah I'm, I'm glad to speak up i um. i know our fire chief and our fire department is in charge of inspecting the rentals and is um this is an added burden adding this on and there are concerns about uh, what is happening in those properties and having that turnover happen and having staff to have to manage that uh is a, is another concern and i it's my understanding that the fire chiefs association in fact has come out in, also in opposition to these bills So that is a concern. And I can say here in Marquette, we're tracking the information and uh, only 6% of our our short-term rentals are homestays. The majority of them are renting out the entire home, the entire unit, I should say. So uh, it is not, um, certainly support it being one way for folks to um, be able to start maybe their journey on housing, but it is, we're not, that's not what we're seeing here. We're seeing that the entire, Uh, building is being commercialized.
5: Thank you. I'm also uh, posting in the link, one of the questions, uh, are there other states that have taken or are looking at taking a blanket approach like this legislation proposes? And Jen, you might be able to jump in. I know we have done some research. I was just getting ready to post in the chat, a link to our short-term rental resource page, which is shorttermrental.mml.org. Um, and in there, there are some research uh, studies that have been done that we've shared, including out of uh, the state of Arizona, where they did open the floodgates, and then very shortly thereafter, they regretted it. And there was a study that talked about the impact that that had, and it was pretty significant. So that research is listed on our website that I'm posting in the chat now. Jen, did you Yeah, I would, anything- uh, I
6: think. I think Arizona is a great example because it was specifically pointed to um, from supporters of this bill as um, why they were doing it this way because Arizona did it this way and now we're looking at Arizona trying to undo um, that blanket preemption and the devastating effect it's had on some of its municipalities that are destination areas.
0: And again, if you're looking to buy a home as a as a person looking to where you're going to raise your family, and you you buy one in a college town next to a fraternity house, you kind of know what you you know what you're getting into. Uh, but if you're buying in one of our great neighborhoods in, in a place like Frankenmuth or Marquette or Grand Rapids or any other community here in Michigan, and all of a sudden you've got wild commercial uses on your lawn on your uh, on your block, that's a whole different animal. And 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 this doesn't just does not make sense. Uh, especially given the fact, I'll go all the way back, we talked about a few minutes ago, there's not a single municipality in the state outlawing them that we know of, uh, and only one township out of 1,200. So um, where's the threat?
5: I will add that when Jen Hill talked about, you know, getting a cash offer on her home, sight unseen last week, that probably wasn't uh, someone looking to move there. It's probably a company. I mean, uh, somebody that is willing to pay cash for a house is, is probably most likely a corporation and not an individual that's looking to move, re- move or relocate there. So that's the issue we're talking about. The corporations coming in, buying up multiple homes to turn into many hotels that are gonna be unregulated under these ordinances. Um, another question, Jen, I think for you is uh, how would Representative DeMoose's bill work? Would it solve the problem?
6: So, Representative DeMoose's bill would clarify that local units of government cannot ban or prohibit um, short-term vacation rentals. <clears throat> Excuse me. It would also give the opportunity for every property owner um, to do short-term renting um, on a limited basis. And then above and beyond that time frame, it would allow locals to reasonably regulate Um, those commercial establishments in residential neighborhoods. So yes, we believe um, from local government's perspective that this is is a a different way, an alternative way at looking at this. It is a compromise um, because while um, even limiting the number of days, still goes um, against some of how our locals are already doing this. And they would have to adjust what's already working well in their communities. And so this most definitely is uh, a compromise. This is not something that, um, you know, compromises where everybody's trying to meet in the middle, nobody's walking away happy. um, And we definitely have folks who um, can live with it, but are not happy about it. And so, yes, we believe that this is at least To start the conversation around um, and put something else out there from uh, what continually gets introduced um, and is outright banning uh, local government. Okay, Dan, I think
5: that looks good. We'll go ahead and wrap it up.
0: Yeah. No, we, we appreciate everybody joining us here this morning. We had a great turnout of media to hear about this issue, a very important issue for us here in the state. Uh, something that we we believe certainly residential properties having limited commercial uses as far as renting them out in and, and seasons and rooms and things like that makes sense for all of us here in Michigan, uh, but turning uh, residential areas into unrestricted, uh, unlicensed commercial areas with no capacity to, to go in there and provide any local input into what's happening doesn't make sense for our citizens, doesn't make sense for our neighborhoods, and ultimately doesn't make sense for our communities and for our state. So thank you to the local leaders and to Derek for joining us. We appreciate your input. And to those of you on the me- that there on the phone or on the call from the media, please feel free to reach out with any questions you may have and uh, we'll to attempt to answer those. Thank you for being with us here today.
2: This has been a production of the Michigan Municipal League. For more information on our programs and services, please visit www.mml.org. And join us for the next episode of We Love Where You Live.